From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio, my friend. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny radio, my friend. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like... Hey, everybody. It's 6 o'clock. It's time for something. It usually is Racer's Alley. They haven't been around for a while. That's fine. That's fine. We're, they'll come back. We miss them. But right now, I'm sort of doing a barbecue on the little... On my little Smokey Joe. And I've got ribs and... um maybe making some tacos and we're gonna have jokes and stuff and since there's only four comics here we'll wait a little bit but we'll have really long sets which will be nice like everybody could do 10 minutes and won't that be fun and two of the comics are from out of town so we don't even know them so it's almost like <sighs> real comedy or something okay um listen to the rest of the breaker and then we'll have some music and stuff and then we'll be back and come down if you want um 27 278121st Street. I'm super high, so I'm like, I can't even remember. 278121st Street and Florida Street in the deep mish, in the beautiful mission. And uh, we're barbecuing up some food. The ribs take a while. You just have to turn them every 10 minutes. That's all. That's my trick. Okay. We'll see you soon. Bye. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're hosts of <laughs> YouTube uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L W A F L M O Y T. We watch a full length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah. L W A F L M O Y T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5%. 5% yeah, right. Standard I'm so time. lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show, 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh. Let's watch full length. All right, let's do a full minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See you next month. I was just leaving the theater. Convertible, 1969 gold Cadillac with a white interior. And I started to do some thinking. I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glasses. Smoking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday noon to two. On the freeway. I am a total Hello, Blake. Henry. Yeah. Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your 
Chief Nurse Major O'Houlihan. As she makes some accusations, Henry, I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. All right. Hey, everybody. It's a little after six. We're just kind of fucking around at the station. Oh, yeah. And you can fuck swear. We don't care about Sweet. that. You can Sweet. say anything you want. Mm, shit. Uh, yep. Titty lickers. We, we shy away from hate speech, but you can say fuck the police for two hours if you want. Okay. So, fuck the police for yeah, sure. Absolutely. That's the one group that it's okay to hate. Right. And it, I mean, it's just only because, the, you know, I guess, do you have to hate the haters? How does that, if, I mean, if you. I mean, if well, if, if the hate is earned, then yeah. it's okay. The hate reason why it. hate speech is not okay is because it's usually directed at groups that haven't done anything to deserve it. Uh, but police have. <laughs> yeah, they have. They've been, yeah. they've been pretty terrible to everybody. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm joined right now by Jake Rush uh, of L.A. <laughs> yes, of he, L.A. fame. Of L.A. fame. <laughs> And I know a little about him. And uh, you were brought to me by, we have a mutual friend, Andrew Norelli. Shout out. Shout to out, him. Andrew. I hope you're listening. Yeah. He's <laughs> probably, I mean, I, I don't publicize. I, I don't know how Instagram works, so I just don't publicize anything. I'm like, well, if people wanted to listen, they'd listen. But you have to lead the horses to the water. They don't yeah. just, they don't just spontaneously find water, you know, no. horses yeah. or whatever. And then what would be the horses drinking the water in this scenario? Isn't the phrase usually you got you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make it drink? Right. So, so but I'm not we're just having a tough enough even, time leading the horses to right, water. I can't <laughs> even get the horses to go to the water to even get right. them to drink it. I'm like, look, there's a lake. Right, <laughs> there's right. a whole lake. And they're like, where's this fresh water we were talking about? Well, Mark just arrived with my cigarettes. So let's play a little Grand Funk Railroad, and we're going to be back. We're going to um, talk and we're also going to do comedy, but we'll wait till there's a couple more comedians here so that we have, like, I like to have a quorum. I like to have at least four yeah. comedians other than myself. <clears throat> Excuse me. I smoke too much. Um, I like to have four comedians other than myself when we do an open mic because then it feels like an audience. Because if you're on right. stage, that means there's four people listening to you, and that feels like enough. I feel like right. if it's three, it's like, mm, <sighs> but four feels like this could be yeah. a this audience sure talking to three people is just like a conversation right Whereas four, exactly. it's got it's starting to feel like a, a performance it feels and the beauty is that um no one's heard your jokes here like mark neuer he doesn't know your jokes and you don't know his jokes and that's exciting right exactly i'm you, excited you've heard some of mine but not even we didn't even scratch the surface right right so it. and then we also have paula um from out of town too for, up from humboldt so we're all okay. here and there, there'll be other comedians people said they were rolling through um but let's play a little music, and we'll be back. I just, I just have to smoke. I haven't smoked all day. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a terror. It's like all <laughs> of my vices are. You're seeing all of my vices. It's ter- It's fine. You're on vacation. Yes, you're exactly. Okay with it, it's fine. I have many as of, of of. I have many vices of my own. Okay. Yes. Good. We'll talk about those later. Yeah. Uh, all right. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. FM and SF. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We'll be back with whatever comedy happens. Woo. Yeah.
Railroad's pretty cool. So we're listening to that. I'm going to flip the meat. We have a quorum now. We have uh, four comedians other than myself. So I'm going to flip the meat, and then we're going to figure out what's going on, and we'll tell some jokes or do some podcasting or stuff like that. Here we go. The meet is meeting. I'll be uh, kind of, if I run out during your set, it's not because of anything you said. You didn't offend me. I'm just probably flipping the meat. It's not a euphemism for anything. I'm not going to go outside and masturbate. I'm not going to flip my meat around. But your first comedian of the night, he might. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if he's ever taken his dick out on stage. I'm not challenging you to do so. I would not mind seeing, I would not mind seeing some of his under boob though. I'd like to believe that he could do an OnlyFans for uh, the crazy horse and he could shave his nipples a little or pluck them and show us some underboob and confuse everyone and pan back and then you'd think this beautiful, gorgeous underboob and then it's Mark Neuer. Everybody put your hands together for Mark Neuer. Yay! Yay! I got titties. I have your lighter. It's right here, and it's in my pocket. It's actually it's in my pocket right here. No, you know what? Do I need to be quiet? Here, I'll be quiet. Is it the library? No, that's right. All right. Get the fuck out then. You ever see, I guess this, is, this can be a gender 
neutral joke. You ever see an ass so big? You're like, do they shit with that? Jesus Christ. This is just huge. It's like, how do they shit with that? It's so big. You know what I mean? Do they need like a whole roll of paper towels? What do they need? Uh, to- do they need a towel? A beach towel? Do they just air dry it? How do they do that? Ah! It's just because I'm envious. As soon as I get all this moved into my ass, it's over. It is over for you bitches. I swear to God, it's done. I know. I'm calling whores bitches. What can you do? Ah! What can you do? Hot takes. Hot takes. Calling these cunts bitches. What can you do? Hey, here we are. I'm the hack of the century. I love 2021. It's so good. OnlyFans has been great. My ex-girlfriend is on OnlyFans, and I'm on her OnlyFans. Uh, There's a video of me on her OnlyFans, and I don't get any residuals. So I'm just pissing on my ex-girlfriend for charity. Good. Good. I'm pretty fucking broke. And maybe that's why I have come up with this joke, but I don't know. I'm pretty fucking broke. And I think about people like Bill Gates. It's like, how do you count your money? You know what I mean? I'm talking about like half a trillion dollars. How do you count that? I, I, I live and work inside of a strip club. Count money constantly by the weight, not by the bill. I weigh the shit. Billions? Billions of dollars? You weigh it 100 ones, 25 fives, you know? You break it down. You'd spend the rest of your life counting that amount of money. He has no clue how much money he has. The internet doesn't know. No one knows. The IRS knows. I wake up in the morning. I check my pockets. So I have my phone. He owns the phones. He owns you and me. He owns the strip club. He owns the world. Jeff Bezos is going to outer space. He's trying to be Elon Musk, which makes me know that Jeff Bezos is never coming back. Rather, he likes it or not, he's never coming back. He's the first one to go into outer space that isn't with a crew of human beings. It's like, this is the group. It's like, it's just Jeff Bezos. <laughs> he's just going, you know. Is the Amazon deliver? I don't know. We're going to find out. Maybe that's the first. Maybe he's just delivering the very first package <laughs> to aliens. I like that you wore shoes today. Thank you for actually dressing as a comedian. Thank you <laughs> so much. It's the only way to make him laugh. You gotta look him in the eyes and say horrible things to him. It's how he laughs and comes all in once. And you can tell by the color of the shirt that he chose to wear today. And God bless him. And God bless him. I've been drinking today, and you're welcome, really. You're welcome. I do live inside of a strip club so that you don't have to. You're also welcome. I like I like working at a strip club a lot. Why are you from L.A. in here? Because you're really fucking, you're making me uncomfortable. 
You're making me nervous. I'm like, is this Tim Dillon? Who are you? You know what I mean? God bless you. <laughs> the fuck, man. Pam, how did you go from no sunflower seeds to no ducks on this door? What's wrong? What happened to you? No is ducks. No ducks allowed. What are you, a fucking hockey fan? I thought you liked, liked soccer. <sighs> fuck it. It's a Thursday. I'll pull out my phone. I don't give a fuck. I used to give a fuck about five seconds ago, and I was like, Mr. L.A.'s here, but I don't care anymore. <laughs> First two rules of San Francisco. Welcome. Don't buy drugs in the tenderloin, and do not buy pussy in the tenderloin. I realized this the other day when you're walking through the tenderloin, uh, you're actually playing a game of Frogger. Frogger is a simulation. Frogger is a simulation for white people walking in the tenderloin, jumping from side to side of the street, dodging black people and drug addicts. I don't want to have sex anymore. I just want to eat pussy for money. We'll move on. We'll move on. My flashlight has an OnlyFans. I guess we could just wrap that one up with you're welcome. I want to throw people off of the bus too. You heard about this? People throwing people bu off of buses. And crimes, hate crimes, the whole deal. I don't want to throw people off the buses because they're Asian or they're any kind of race. I just want to throw people off the bus that remind me of me, I suppose. When I was homeless, you know, just sitting there with their shoes off, drinking a beer, no mask. They give no fucks. It's like, get off the bus. It reminds me of people who come up to me and ask me for money for BART. Your priorities are wrong. I've lived in San Francisco for five years. I've never paid for BART. Zero times. It's actually the only workout I get is just hopping Bart. What is it like? <laughs> I can't wait to die. People don't like Trump. You hear this? They don't like him. <laughs> they don't, they're not a huge fan of Trump. They say, they, they say he wants to fuck his daughter. I want to fuck his daughter. <laughs> so I come from the Central Valley, California, Stockton, Modesto, also known as the happiest place on earth. And uh, I, I used to have a nickname. They called me Tiny because I was the largest friend. Because of my weight, they would call me Tiny. <laughs> and my friends used to smoke crank. So they're all skin and bones. Skin and bones, you know what I mean? Like That's <laughs> their nickname, skin and bones. Not YouTube specifically, but you know what I mean? It's their nicknames. I don't know where the joke is there, but it's good. It's good. Can't wait to die. <laughs> People don't have phone numbers anymore. You, you don't have a phone number. I can tell you don't have a phone number. You have a work phone with unproductive apps. That's what you have. That's what you have. You don't have a phone number. No one asks for your phone number. No one. They don't ask for your phone number. When's the last time you got a phone number? And you're a, you're a good-looking guy. When's the last time you got a phone number? Never. Not since the, not since the dial-up. Not since you had dial-up. Not since there was a house phone. You haven't. You get Facebook messages. Why do people want to add you on Facebook? They have three months of dirty laundry. Why do they want to be on my Facebook? They want to know my, my mother's name. They want to know where I was eating yesterday. Mind your own business. You got laundry. It's stacking up in the corner. What's wrong with you?
It's not 2010. You know what I mean? Grow up. Let's grow up. Let's grow up a little bit. I'm, 20, I'm 25 years old. And I could, I would rather slam my head into the ground than add anybody on Facebook. Is there a funnier version of that? Maybe. Blow my brains out. Is that funny? <laughs> I can't wait to do it. Going to be great. 27th coming up. Pimps coming up. Tune in. You can Patreon. It's coming up. Have a fucking phone number. Be an adult. I'm almost 26. I do blow on a very comedic basis. Cut it out. Enough, you fucking maniacs. You just wanted my mother's name. Mind your own fucking business. Do your laundry. It's been months. You're welcome. And that's the end of that joke. Sometimes we have to tell our friends the truth. You have no game. You're just on Adderall with access to d direct messages. It's eat something, drink some water. You're welcome. <laughs> women, women must think. Because I see it a lot. The walking outside at night, you can't do it. And I sympathize with it. You must think that men feel safe at night. You must feel this way. You must feel that men feel safe at night. Men are attacked the most at night. And I know the argument is, well, that's because men are only out at night. They're the only ones that are out at night. And you're welcome. You're welcome. Okay? You're welcome for me being out at night so you don't have to gonna be my merch I get so mad that I get retarded anyways so there's a new joke I was on YouTube as one does in 2021 and I saw a, a thing it came across and it said uh, why Hitler bathed more than you think <laughs> what the fuck Jordan you know what the fuck Jordan Peterson what's wrong what's wrong Jordan What's going on with your life? Do you know who Jordan is? You know who Jordan is. I know you do, but he knows who Jordan is too. What's going on? If I were to fucking shoplift, right, and have that video in my history, Biden and Harris would just fucking boom, knock the door down. I don't know the sound of a door being knocked down, but we're going to figure it out. It breaks the door down fucking blows my brains out, and God bless them for that, really. And thank God for that, really. One step at a time. You know what I mean? One baby step at a time. One step at a time, ladies and theys and gentlemen, and the always wonderful thems and themselves. Thank God. <laughs> and in the new world order, we, you get it. You get it? You get it. 11 minutes have elapsed. Obama, the first Hawaiian president. <laughs> and I'll end it with this. Kobe died doing the whitest activity possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you may not get this. The polo, shut up. The polo, you may not. That was the ED, you saw that? <laughs> you may not get this. A helicopter. It's the whitest thing ever. This shit is bonkers. I can literally promise that nobody in this room is ever going to die near thinking about around an airport, let alone a helicopter, okay? Not thinking about a helicopter, 
not dreaming of a helicopter. A helicopter is not in any of our realities <laughs> at all. It's the widest thing he could possibly do. That's like the top of tier thing he could be doing and he died doing it i mean on top of being the my name is mark noyer i'm gonna kill myself mark noyer hoping for the embrace of sweet relief <laughs> that's the sound of a helicopter i've watched a lot of vietnam movies I had a dream about a helicopter the other night. It was a helicopter, and no one was flying it. It was like a drone helicopter that I was in, and I was in it with another comic. And we were floating over the bay, and it was um, kind of romantic. And uh, it, wasn't your, it wasn't your next comedian. Uh, but it, was, it, it wasn't your last comedian. <laughs> Just want to make that very clear. <laughs> but I did have a dream. I do oftentimes dream about comedians. Put your hands together for your next one, everybody. It's Chris Conway! Thank you, thank you. I think that is the loudest applause two people have ever done. I appreciate it. It's like radio level side effects. <laughs> sound effects, sound effects. Batman is a jerk. Like, we do not need a billionaire with a fancy car and body armor beating up the mentally ill. All of his enemies escaped from a mental institution. For the price of one Batmobile, you have enough talk therapy to keep those guys off the streets. I like that they got Christian Bale to play Batman because I saw American Psycho after I saw Dark Knight. And when he was slaughtering those working women and unhoused gentlemen, I was just like, whoa. This Dark Knight sequel is so real. Because let's be real. If Elon Musk decided he wanted to fight crime, that's how he would start. Like, Jeff Bezos is probably going to space because he's like, murder is legal there. Can't get away with it on my 500, <laughs> his $5 billion yacht or whatever it is in international waters. I mean, I think the best we could hope for Batman uh, is that he's like Christian Grey in Fifty Shades of Grey. It's just like, choke me harder, Alfred. Superman's my personal favorite superhero because uh, even though he has x-ray vision, uh, he won't sexually harass anyone at work. Uh Dating in my tech, dating in the tech industry is kind of hard. Like one of my buddies is an engineer. Uh, he broke up with a product manager because she kept scheduling all these meetings uh, to check their relationship progress. Uh, and every time she complained, he was just like, "That's a feature, not a bug." So they had problems. He complained she suffered from product manager syndrome. Uh, she complained his velocity was too low. I know a business analyst that dated a data scientist. Uh, he got annoyed uh, because she labeled everything in the house and then would still call the microwave a TV. Uh, he refused to give her that reinforcement learning because spousal abuse is wrong. Uh, they ended up breaking up because his F1 score was too low. 
I do know one buddy who's had a successful relationship. He's a chef. She's a lawyer. They both know his place is the kitchen. Yeah, man, those ghosts at Hogwarts probably want to kill themselves again. Because, right, like, they get all these stupid, awkward questions from high school students and middle school students over and over again every year. Like, so how do you jerk off? How do you bone? Can you guys eat? Do you watch me when I'm in the bathroom? Like, that would get so annoying the second time. And they have to deal with that for every Hogwarts student who must be the world's most entitled students. Like, I know a rich kid that drove a Porsche in high school, and he was hard to deal with. I cannot imagine if that guy could just magically make crap appear and come to him. Like, that guy would have been hard to deal with. I think we need to remake movies using all ghost casts. Like Titanic 2. Get like Leonardo de Ghost Prio drawing Kate Winslet. And she's just like, eh, I'm not that wispy. I have substance. And he's just like, fine. Uh, and then all, And then in the middle of that, those people that rescued the Titanic to put in a museum come down and you get like this epic fight scene between all of the ghosts on the Titanic and the people trying to put it in a museum. Or like you could have The Departed 2 with Ghost Denardio, DiCaprio, and Matt Demon in hell killing each other for a hundred straight years, uh, which is a montage because no one has time for even like the two and a half hour original Departed, nevertheless a hundred year film. So it's like this montage to introduce what happened, followed by all of those guys going back to Southie to haunt people into staying in school instead of being gangsters. Or like The Revenant 2. Ghost, 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 ghost. Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh goes to the prairie on the Midwest in whatever century Helen Keller was alive. Uh, this one is The Revenant 2, Helen Keller, Ghost Slayer. Because, right, like, it's, it's a period of history where people believe in ghosts. So, like, Dead Leo is terrifying. Like, the town's all running around like, ah! But Helen's just chilling. She can't hear them. She can't see the ghost. She's used to people touching her inappropriately. Like, Leo just can't get through to her. And then randomly, she gets hungry and is just like, <laughs> And Leo's never seen anything like that, so he gets the hell out. I feel like LA casting directors had a meeting. And we're just like, what actor do you wish was dead? And they were like, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> he dies in like every movie he's in. <laughs> Despite being ridiculously good looking and charming. I feel like Samuel Jackson would be an epic ghost. 
no one would say boo as well as Samuel L. Jackson. Mr. Rogers is probably the scariest ghost anyone could ever imagine. Because, right, like, you'd have to do some screwed up stuff to get haunted by Mr. Rogers. It's like you killed 800 children. Mr. Rogers shows up. He's like, well, ain't it a lovely day in the neighborhood? Won't you be my neighbor? Oh, you don't want to be my neighbor? Well, you are now. Oh, man. What's his name? Bill Murray would probably be the silliest ghost because he would just show up places and, like, take a french fry and be like, no one's going to believe you. Yeah, man, ghosts. I feel like ghosts are not down with the way we do dating right now. Because, right, like, my great aunt died at 96. She hung on for 10 years after getting hit by a bus. She didn't just, like, disappear. It's not like she ghosted. Right? Like, she'd probably be insulted by that. And then ghosts haunt people. It's not like they just dip. Right? Uh, but I feel like they got boo right. Because, you know, my girlfriend came up to me and she was like, do you want to get a golden retriever, boo? And I was like, ah! Ah! That's terrifying. Also, we shouldn't get a dog, right? I already shed. I am happy to get drunk and piss on the carpet if that is what you need. Um, a dog will not be good for us. Like, I'm not responsible enough. I have a toxic relationship with my Roomba. Like, if it turns on and I am watching TV, I will cuss that thing out. When it runs over my shoes, I punish it. I have to figure out how to punish a Roomba in a way that's not messed up. <laughs> that's for next week. Um, but, like, I think we should get a parrot. Because, you know, if the parrot's like, I did the dish, you did the dishes, I'll do the laundry. That's like a healthy relationship parrot. If the parrot's like, ACO beer, bring me a beer, bitch. That is an unhealthy relationship because people shouldn't be that in to Harry Potter at this age. Maybe they should drink less too. Uh, but she doesn't want to get a parrot. Uh, and her reasons are they live too long, which baffles me. Because it's like you want to get a pet to test our responsibility in relationship, but you're only going to sign up for 10 years? Like, what? I thought this was supposed to be a till death do us part thing. Uh, but I think her real concern uh, is that it will learn my jokes. <laughs> and it'll just be like, Choke me harder, Batman! Uh, and I'm worried, like, I'll be on a Zoom call at work, and it'll be like, Boo, motherfucker! <laughs> yeah. And people will be terrified because that was a really bad Sam Jackson impression. I'm going to talk about self-driving cars 
And then I think I'm going to start eating ribs. <laughs> so I'm personally stoked and terrified for self-driving cars. Uh, I'm stoked because that means it's okay to drink, fuck, and drive at the same time, which is a lovely combination. Um, I'm terrified uh, because they're built on 50s logic, and no other form of 50s logic is even remotely okay anymore. Right? Like, when my grandpa's like, make me a sandwich. Women shouldn't work. I'm like, Grandpa, that's not okay. Even though my girlfriend would rather she not have to work. Um, but, like, you know, the underlying technology for this stuff, invented in the 50s, it's evolved now because computers are faster. Underlying reasoning still, like, 70 years old. Uh, but then again, when my grandma and grandpa are driving, he's like, Make me a sandwich. Mop the floor when we get home. And the car still works. So, like, maybe we're not going to be that screwed. Uh, on that note, maybe I should end with a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Unemployed is the perfect time to propose because two months' salary is affordable. Give it up for Pam Benjamin. Yay! Yay, Chris Conway. You did 12 and a half minutes. Yay! And we were running in and out, and now there's and there's more. Um, the, the other part of the ribs are going to be coming off the grill. We'll take a little break, and the, I have tortillas, too, so you can make tacos out of the um, pork loin, which I can slice more of, and then there's the stuff, and I have spicy things. Okay, listen to music, and we'll get this all done. Yay, everybody clap for Chris. Yay! <laughs> Set me Good myself Feeling all 
we are in for a treat. Uh, Mark Neuer just exploded and turned into three people. So that was amazing. It was, it was, it was incredible. We have uh, Lee Stewart in the house who brought people with him, which is super exciting. So they're going to – now we have, like, really people to listen to us laugh, not just you on the radio or other things. It's always so funny when new people walk in, and I always – I mean, I just – I wish I had a T-shirt that said, are you a cop? No, and not that we're doing anything wrong here. Everything is, everything's fine. We're on the up and up. Things are open. It feels so weird. All right, your next comedian, she came all the way down from Humboldt this week because she's on like a comedy staycation just for a week. But I'm super excited. I've been hanging out with her all week, and I get to keep doing so. You get to enjoy her right now, everybody. Put your hands together for Paula Maddox. Yay! Hello, hello. Let's give our host a clap. She can tell her mom about. Yes, yes, I appreciate you very much. I am deeming her the aunt from Twister because, y'all, you need to know that she she not only filled the place with food, it smells good too, man. Like, it's so awesome. So thank you for keeping us fed. And and she even got fruit, y'all. Like, she cares. This is great. Yes, my name is Paula. Um, I've decided recently that I'm just going to go by Paula for the rest of my life um, because I gave up my main name too early, and then my married name messed all my things up, (laughs) you know. So now I'm going to go out and warn people about the dangers of parenting because people don't know, you know? Like, like I really think they should put pregnancy on the list of STDs so that people know what they're getting into, you know? Because I don't know about those other STDs, but mine will last longer than me, <laughs> you know, knock on wood, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I often wonder if those other STDs talk back as bad as mine do, <laughs> you know, because <sighs> tricky, tricky. But I was smart back when I was young and dumb and full of a lot of bad ideas when I decided to get married and have kids. You know, at least I married the kid's dad and they weren't bastards. <laughs> that's that's like where it stopped, though, because there's so much hard work going. Is there any parents in the audience here today? Just bastards. Well, at least you got made, right? At the end of the day, at least you're here to suffer with the rest of us. It's an honor. It's an honor. Well, there are a lot of warning signs about parenting if you, if you haven't seen them for yourselves. Like right there in the word parenthood is the word hood. <laughs> what do we know about hoods? They're dangerous. Yeah, and the only cool ones you see are on TV or Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. He was my guy back in the day. He really was, but now everybody's out to get you. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So you got to stay safe. You know, you got to be careful. got to be really careful. Also in hoods, there are real gangs, you know, because in the motherhood, when you make more than one kid, you make your own gang. <laughs> that should have been a warning. Somebody should have told me. I was so young and dumb and so full of many, many bad ideas. Yeah, but that was self-preservation, the second one, because, see, I, I needed a playmate for the first one. <laughs> Because mommy didn't realize how long 24 hours a day is. It's so long, you guys. And they come dumb, the kids, because they come from dumb come. So it's this real kind of that you get stuck in. It's really upsetting. But it's okay. It's okay. Like I said, um, my kids weren't bastards. And they all had the same dad. So I was pretty stoked about that. You know, because that's a rarity nowadays. It really is. Yeah, and then the best thing about that is that my sisters couldn't do that. So, hey, <laughs> I win. Yeah, because sibling rivalry is just like any other infection. Chronically, it comes back any chance it gets because siblings deserve it. That's why there's a phrase. I didn't make the phrase. Are any siblings in the house? You got siblings in the house? Are you siblings in the house? Well, well, at least you're here together. That's better than, you know, some siblings. God. Um, I'm also Native American. I know you can't tell that by looking at me because I'm an incognito engine. <laughs> yeah. I can hide in plain sight. Super handy, can I tell you? Gosh, it's so super handy because it's so dangerous out in the world right now. I mean, even the Asians are getting thumped on. That's not good. You know, usually it's just the blacks, the Mexicans, and the natives getting thumped on. But now it's the Asians. I'm worried, you know. 
and my inner chicken shit is is really strong, <laughs> you know. So I just want to keep my head down and, and uh, don't look them in the eye, don't look them in the eye, because it's scary out there. Um, I'm Hupa native from Northern California, and um, we're one of the tribes that got left on our land because by the time the soldiers got to us, they'd given themselves PTSD. So yay, mental health problems, you know, save me and my people. God, that's so bad. Uh, my dad, my mom's a native one. Um, people wonder what native moms are like, and I say, well, put all the ethnic moms together and then piss it off. <laughs> that's kind of the running steam, running. You know, I didn't know I was in my own action adventure game when I was younger. You know, it wasn't until I quit running that I could look back and go, wow, that was exciting. You know, because moms are fierce. They're really fierce, and native moms are just a whole other caliber. So, my poor daddy, man, he's been hanging on for a long time. My poor white daddy came from Iowa. You know. We heard for years that his family was from the Mayflower. My grandpa act like he really did come from the Mayflower himself, you know? But then we found out through that genealogy stuff that he actually has some native in him from the Trail of Tears. But it's too depressing to talk about, like, and how do you talk about a tribe that's no longer here? Like, it doesn't seem fair. So we just ignore it like normal people, <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> it's too painful. Um, there's a lot of cool things about being native. Um, we got really cool jewelry, you know, really cool primo jewelry. We've got great medicine, you know? People like that sage. <laughs> People mess with that sage way too much. <laughs> yeah, that sage is really important stuff. It really is. It's, it's powerful, so you got to be careful. Um, the last thing is um, we're good at telling stories. <laughs> it's in our genes. I think it comes from being really good at assimilating, you know, because you got to make a bunch of stuff up and fake it a lot to get through life, and it's handy, you know. I'm really good at, you know, going from native to white, so that's nice. Handy, you know, gets in handy. Um, in my family, we actually have Indian names. I'm one of three sisters. My older sister's name was is Daytime Moon, which I took to mean like the sun, you know? And she was hot and scolded anyone around her, so it kind of made sense, y'all. <laughs> like, ooh, that's weird. And then my younger sister, her name's Butterfly. That's pretty, you know? Super fragile, can I tell you? Like, it's for real. They are fragile, but nice to look at, you know? My middle name, my main name, Indian name, being the middle child, is Spiked Buck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't fake that. Stranger than fiction, right? Yeah, growing up, I was a big tomboy. So I thought for the longest time that maybe I was supposed to be transgendered. But my generation, there was no such thing, you know? And I knew my bread wasn't buttered the other way. So I just got married and messed my life up the normal way. I figured, you know, there's lots of examples on what to do. You know, I didn't know what to do the other way. So I just ignored it. Um, but fast forward all these years later, I'm actually transparent. I have a transgendered son. So evolution. Thank you. Thank you. Damn near kill me, that kid. But it wasn't because of transgenderness. It was because of all the other dumb stuff that he does. But it's a whole other side subject. Yeah, but native names are tricky, you know, um, especially when they're not the right gender, right? But, but living is genderless most of the time. But um, for the longest time, I was like, you know, who do you tell about it? But a few years ago, last year, actually, I was driving through the woods at 3 in the morning to go catch a plane because I was going off to AGT to audition. And I came around a turn, and there was two deers running across the road. And I broke, and I didn't hit the first one. I was like, oh, phew. But I, I spiked the second one because he was tailgating. Boom, hit the deer. I was like, oh, my God. I just leveled up and earned my engine name, y'all. <laughs> Spiked buck. Like standing in the middle of Oregon forest going, are you trying to? Okay, we keep riding because the, the car's safe. But I, my, my cousin, two dogs boinking, he, 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 he can't ever recreate that, you know. So I'll be proud for a little while. It's cool. It's cool. Um, and I think about my kids back when I was young and dumb in my motherhood. I decided not to spank my kids. Um, bad choice, super bad choice. Not that I condone spank beatings, right? But there's a lot of bad things that can happen to kids 
because that, that uh, tool isn't there anymore. And then my dad likes to rub it in like, well, honey, <laughs> I never told you this, but it takes a really long time to grow the dumb out of kids. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Dad? Like, what I've done to myself is painful enough. Do you have to? He's like, yeah, you thought cleaning your room was bad, huh? I'm like, oh, let's just stop. I mean, you're, my jail isn't as nice as the one you had me in that I thought was a jail. It was really great. You fed me, you clothed me, you took good, you even took me to the doctor, like, worried about my mental health. My wardens now, they don't give any care to what mama's going through, you know, because I didn't spank them. They don't fear me, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, I tell people I have a one in six chance of retirement <laughs> and I need to, you know, not mess them up because that's, that's my whole thing. So yeah, um, uh, I don't know what else. Let's see. Oh, my mom says that there's a reason that God put that crack in the butt, you know, so that so it can absorb the blow because even he knew that we would need to be spanked now and again, you know, it could help. But now I just feel like whoopee and said beat him, you know, because I've almost been bullied by my family for not spanking him. And I, that's weird. I didn't expect that. I thought they'd be, oh, you're enlightened. You're great. And my mom's like, no, you're messing it up. You're messing it up. And then I got to thinking, my kids, I did the math, and I think I'm part of the millennial problem because I think I helped make some of them. That's heavy. <laughs> you know? It's like one thing to suffer in silence and a whole other to be part of a mass, like, epidemic. Yeah, and like Dad says, it takes a long time to grow the dumb out of a kid, so <laughs> you gotta be careful. So one last morning before I part, y'all, I want you to remember one thing. Having and raising a kid is like black magic. It's got all requirements. It's got sacrifice. You sacrifice all your good parts to make that kid turn out. <laughs> yeah, parts you didn't know you had, right? The second thing is offerings, you know? And in this job, you offer up your literal DNA. <laughs> Doesn't get any cosmic than that, right? It'll also bind that dumb butt to your butt to the rest of your days, so keep that in mind. And the last thing is the chanting and the moaning, because before you have that kid, you're like, please, please, I want a baby. And then you make that monster, and you're moaning and groaning, like, oh my god, what'd I do? <laughs> yeah, that poke's gonna stick. <laughs> Maybe. So be careful, right? Make sure your stuff's right with God, because you will get metaphorically spanked, virtually spanked, physically spanked. Kids suck nowadays, because they have the phones in front of them, so they think they're God and all that. So that's a whole... Anyways, stay safe, take your birth control, and stay out of the parenthood, y'all. Have a good evening. Thank you so much, you guys. Hey, Paula Maddox. Um, you did nine and a half minutes. Yay, yay, yay. We're all here. I'll, um, I'll, chop, up the, I'll chop up the ribs to the second batch of ribs with, during our next comedian. He's from L.A. This is so cool. You're so lucky that you get to... I've, no, I know. Do you hate it that we all think it, we think it's special? You look like a movie star, Jake. Like, look at you. You've got these doughy eyes. I don't know why. You, where? Who's your agent? How did you get here? Just kidding. Look, he's. Why is he not famous yet? He has the right haircut and the right beard. Put your hands together, everybody, for Jake Rush. That's the thing. Everyone's like, you have nice hair. Why aren't you famous? Well, because. There's other people that have nice hair that are better actors than me. Um, it's a shame. Uh, hello. Hey, hey everybody. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I have kind of an unconventional uh, take. I have an unconventional stance on climate change. I, I, I believe climate change is real, obviously, but I'm pro-climate change. I, uh, I, <laughs> I think we need more global warming and we need it fast. Um, because the, it, here's the thing, an apocalypse means never having to find out that you're not enough, right? And in a post-apocalyptic society, I could just tell people, yeah, I would have been a famous comedian if the world hadn't ended. Um, 
Also, here's the thing: the 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 apocalypse has happened so many times already. Um, it, the Black Plague wiped out 25 percent of the Earth's population. Still, the biggest tragedy in human history to this day. And the first time you heard about the Black Plague in like a history class or something, it wasn't even the biggest part of your day. So on a long enough timeline, nothing matters at all. Um, so fuck it. Just buy property east. It'll go up. Um, this guy knows what I'm talking about. Uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to do my, I'm going to do my, 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 uh, weird material that I, I, I read a lot. Sometimes I write jokes sober and then sometimes I write jokes high and they're very, very different. So, um, there's this assumption, right? I, I've been reading this book called Sapiens. I don't know if you guys have read. There's this assumption that we, we uh, have in society that, that uh, life is easier because of modern civilization. But I don't think that's true. I think that the problems are just different. Like, we don't have to worry about bears as much, but now we have depression, which I, f I feel like is a lateral move. It's uh, apparently the reason why uh, people in modern society are so depressed um, often and anxious is because um, evolution happens so slow that it takes 10,000 years for human DNA to adapt to a change in its environment. Uh, so we're all still adapted to like hunter-gatherer times and most of the things that make people depressed now are just the things that like our hunter-gatherer DNA hasn't adapted to yet. Like, so, so, for example, I was thinking, I don't think that human beings are supposed to know exactly what their own faces look like. Um, because mirrors were invented roughly a thousand years ago. I just looked this up. Um, so you, for most of human history, you had to rely on other people to tell you if you were good looking or not. Someone would be like, you're hot. And you'd be like, that's excellent news. Or they'd just call you ugly and you'd go, that hurts, but thanks for letting me know. Um, and now it makes totally makes sense that in an era where where we have all like where we see our own faces all the time on like our phones and in mirrors and stuff, we uh, we have all these psychological issues related to self image problems. It's probably because our hunter gatherer brains are like short circuiting. Like, wait, how am I the one that's looking at me? Both of my eyes are supposed to be facing out. Um, you guys know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. Um, and here's another. I uh, I think that a, a part of the reason why people are depressed is because it's impossible in modern society uh, to be the best at anything. Like, because now we live in such a connected world, if, if you're the best at something in your community, you get moved up this never-ending pyramid of all-stars of all-stars of all-stars until eventually you get to the U.S. Olympic basketball team or, like, the NASA, like, top scientist luncheon or whatever they have, and you're surrounded by people that are better than you at the thing that you're best at, which... Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think people used to have that problem because according to the book Sapiens, uh, humans used to live in, for most of human history, people lived in populations of 30 to 40 people. And that was all they would know in their whole lives. So and like in a population that small, it must have been so much easier to feel like a big shot. You, everyone would be the best at something. Like the tall guy in the village would be saying stuff like, I don't have to put up with people's shit. I'm 5'11". Um... And those people, those few people, who, those one in seven billion types, they're not like us, you know? They're not, they're, they're very, like, I, I was 
the, like those few people who are the best in the world at something are, are a very different breed, it seems. Like I was reading an article about the um, smartest person in the world, the highest IQ that's ever been recorded is by a Korean astrophysicist named Kim Ung-young, uh, who got famous uh, in the 60s in Korea uh, as a baby because he said his first words when he was four months old. And by the time he was six months old, he could hold a full conversation. Um, yeah, it's amazing. But w my first thought was, even if they knew words, what would a six-month-old have to talk about? Like, so throwing stuff's pretty fun, right? Hey, have you met this lady mom? She's made of food. <laughs> hey, what's the deal with the dog? Why does he look so much different than everyone else? Um, also, that would be terrifying, a real-life talking baby, if you didn't know ahead of time. Like, could you imagine the first time his mom was like, who does mommy love? Whom? Ah! I can't relate to what it's like to be a mom, but I feel like breastfeeding a talking person would be horrifying. <laughs> Freaky, like, no, the right one. Um, and if you keep reading about this guy's life, which I did, um, by the time he was 18 months old, he started writing and performing poetry. Um, yeah, uh, which I'm sure was amazing for people at the time, but in retrospect, I'm like, what a pretentious little baby. Like. He was already too good for prose. Do you imagine being the guy at the poetry open mic that has to follow the guy that's 18 months old? No matter how good you are, the audience is going to go home saying, yeah, I guess that second guy was good, but I didn't want to blow on his belly. Um, I, I, I also, <laughs> I, the, thing, the part of it that bugs me is I bet he thought he was really good at poetry because the audience is going to give you so much slack just for being a baby in the performing arts. But I feel like if he had done any performing art other than poetry, he would have embarrassed himself. Like if, if he had tried to be a magician, like I will now make myself disappear. Baby jokes. Um, I think I probably have the record for uh, longest bit about a single baby that isn't mine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, uh, his name is Kim Ung Young. Feel free to look it up. Uh, he's, y yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's a true story. I mean, those, those people like, yeah, the super, super, a few super insanely talented people in the world are so like, it's like the same rules don't apply to them. Um, like another example, my favorite actor is Daniel Day Lewis. I'm sure we all know, like, he's obviously really famous. Uh, as for being a method actor and like preparing for his roles extensively. He was in a movie a couple decades ago called The Boxer where he trained in boxing for a year before uh, filming. And by the end of it, his trainer said that he had gotten so good at boxing that he could be a professional boxer if he wanted to. Like he's, he's not even athletic. He's just that good at acting. <laughs> he's good enough at acting that he can act good enough at boxing to beat a professional boxer. Like... Could you imagine how embarrassing that would be for them? Like, Johnsky, Johnsky, you really looked outmatched in the ring tonight with Daniel Day-Lewis. What do you think happened? Oh, man, I gave it my all in there. He was just so believable. <laughs> Every time he hit me, I thought, that's just how a boxer would do it. That'd be so emasculating. They'd be like, <laughs> they'd be thinking, not only does this man do his own job better than I do mine, he does my job better while he's doing his. 
They'd have to listen to Daniel in interviews like, I don't just throw punches. I ask why. <laughs> am I trying to say, I hate you? Or am I trying to say, I hate that I need you? Um, but here's the thing. I don't think that being one of these super exceptional people like a Daniel Day-Lewis or a Michael Jordan or something is even necessarily worth it. Because in order to be the best at something in a, in a population of 7 billion, you have to do things, sacrifices, et cetera, that most people would consider not worth it. Like Daniel Day-Lewis was also uh, in a movie called My Left Foot, wh which he pretended to have cerebral palsy for for six months of filming and actually broke two ribs from being hunched over for so long. Uh, he, was, he, he lived uh, off the land in the wilderness by himself for six months to prepare for Last of the Mohicans. You can literally get this guy to do anything if you put him in a movie. It, like, I feel like someone could take advantage of him. Like a, a, <laughs> like a movie producer could be like, Daniel, I have a movie idea. Will you befriend a lonely movie producer that needs your kidney? Um, but then again, he, Daniel Day-Lewis does stand alone as the, um, as the most awarded actor that has ever lived. Uh, so the bottom line is there's just an equal trade-off for anything you choose to do with your life, pretty much, it seems. Everything balances out. That's why I feel like I'm ahead of the game, you know, because I'm just trying to live my life at neutral. That's my, uh, that's my motto. Um, I've been reading, uh a lot about the human brain recently. And apparently the way pain, pain and pleasure work in the brain is uh, if you have like too much of one without the other, you start to become desensitized to it over time, which is part of the reason why people are depressed even though their lives are amazing. Um, so like, here's something that I've been, I've been wondering a lot recently. So the, um, the, the best feeling that a human being could possibly experience in their lives, the most euphoric feeling on earth is getting stuck, is, uh, is, sorry, is taking black tar heroin uh, because it releases all your oxytocin, which is the chemical that makes people feel loved. So you feel like totally loved in every cell of your body. Uh, conversely, the worst experience you could ever have on Earth is getting stung by a box jellyfish um, because the way the toxins of the box jellyfish work is it hacks your nervous system and turns every single nerve in your body up to 100% pain. And that goes on for about 20 hours until your organs shut down from pain overload and you die. Um, so what I, of course, need to know is what would happen to a person that took a bunch of heroin after getting stung by a box jellyfish. They'd be on their deathbed and the paramedics would be like, how do you feel? And they'd be like, just sort of out of five. Just kind of have that 2 p.m. feeling everywhere. I feel like if that happened to a person that they would automatically find enlightenment, they'd be, right? They'd be like, I'm not good or bad. I just really, really am. And then they would die from being so overwhelmingly neutral. <laughs> Their last breath would be one of these. <laughs> All right, that's it for me, guys. Thank you so much. Yay, Jake Rush, yay! Yay, Jake Rush. That was rad. You did 12 minutes. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's great. Everybody was supposed to do, like, everyone did 12. Okay. That's great. You're perfect. No, you're lovely. Um, I had that feeling, I, um, I ate some habaneros a couple Mondays ago, and then on a Tuesday I, I uh, sat on the toilet and, I, and I'd been losing the plot for a while, but the entire world came into focus and I really felt alive there for a second. <laughs> so I think that habaneros also 
Maybe, maybe everybody just don't jump to the heroin <laughs> and the box <laughs> jellyfish just yet. Eat more ribs. Yeah, and there's the stuff, and I'm, I have to get the, um, I'm going to run around after, during our next comedian, I don't mean to be rude, but I'm going to run around and get the fresh tortillas. They'll be warm, and the tortillas will be warm. There's um, utensils on stage if you don't like picking things up with your fingers or whatever. Don't be afraid, though. There's, COVID is dead. Your next comedian, he showed, he's a bringer. He showed up. He brought the audience. I thought this was your son. He's your brother. <laughs> it's crazy. Put your hands, put your hands together, everybody. I'm excited. I get to meet him. I met him on the internet today. Everybody, it's Lee Stewart. Yay! Thank you. I wasn't quite ready, but that's fine. That's the best way to do it. True. Let me uh, get out my my joke book. We'll decide at the end if it's full of jokes <laughs> or if it's just full of shit. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, I'm actually from PA, not LA. Not as exciting, but hey, anyone from PA out there? I know there's one person that will say yes. <laughs> okay, no one will. Not even my brother. <laughs> Nobody fucking loves me. <laughs> anyway. Um, you know, so got some observational humor. I can't pronounce it, but I can tell jokes about it. So I tra we just got back from a wedding. I like to travel a lot. I love traveling. Everyone loves traveling. It's such a wonderful experience, isn't it? You know, but there's a lot of things that I really hate about traveling. And the worst part is in flights getting off of the plane, you know, just like you sit there and there's like, a four-foot-tall person who can never reach their overhead bin to get their bag out, and I'm just like, you know, and I just fucking start grabbing bags. <laughs> and I just start throwing them at people. They're like, you're such a sweetheart. I'm like, I'm not. Get the fuck out of my way. I'm trying to get off this plane. You know, and it's just terrible, but I like the destination, <laughs> the journey. We could skip that part. I mean, <laughs> that's what Xanax is for, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, um, so, all right, check. That's a funny one. We'll Keep that in the joke book. <laughs> you can't see it if you're listening, but there's a book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's a fancy fucking book, I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> and I write all my <laughs> small book, <laughs> mini book. And then, you know, speaking of books, you know, people don't read anymore. Well, apparently, you read. That is wonderful, but people don't read anymore. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, dude, did you watch all eight seasons of fuck? Fuckity fuck. And I'm like, no, I didn't have time. <laughs> Sorry, I was busy living <laughs> and traveling and sitting on planes and fucking throwing bags. But anyway, you know, it's like, but I, I get it. You know, it's like nobody wants to commit to like 8,000 pages. Like, fuck you, George O'Hare Martin. Like, are you done with the books yet? <laughs> like, make the TV show first. <laughs> right? <laughs> but. You know, what I don't understand is, like, some of these adaptations of, like, these children's books. Like, can we not leave Dr. Seuss alone? <laughs> like, do we all need two and a half hours to realize that these children should not be alone with this cat? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and his pervy little freak twins? Come on now. Like, <laughs> I don't need to watch a TV show for that. Yeah, and people get upset. People get upset with the children's stuff, like, Black Little Mermaid, how upset. I've never seen a mermaid. Do you know what color they are? <laughs> I don't fucking know. But you know what I heard about the Clifford movie, man? And this is pretty controversial as far as I've heard. He's going to be a chocolate lab, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Chocolate. Yeah, you can <laughs> call it. Don't call home about it. But 
you know, people in the Chinese Crested Puff community were really upset about this because there's not enough Chinese dog representation in the film industry. So, <laughs> you know, we're, we're getting there. I mean, anybody remember Wishbone? I'm pretty sure he was English. <laughs> Moving on. Skip those ones. <clears throat> so my girlfriend's reeling to learn about DNA. <laughs> She's all in the 23andMe, which... I like I like it. I like to learn these things, but it's also kind of disappointing <laughs> when you've been raised on lies. Like I thought that I was related to an Indian princess actually. <laughs> Her name was Minnie Iona. <laughs> but it wasn't. <laughs> Probably wasn't. But I did find out I was 0.2% North African, so I fucking get it. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. And I'm completely white if you can't see me, but um <laughs> But I also found out very depressing news, very depressing news if you're a fan of World War II at all, which I don't know why you'd be a fan. <laughs> War is terrible. But I also found out I'm like 50% German, <laughs> which, you know, I thought all my guilt came from all the heroin, and then I realized I'm a fucking Nazi. <laughs> like, I'm straight up 52% Nazi. I am the Aryan baby child of Hitler himself. But anyway, um off of the Nazi jokes. We'll keep those in the joke book. Um, oh, yes, and self, self-help, self-help, mental health, awareness, it's fantastic. You should be aware of your mental health. It's helped me tremendously, but I mean, I, I don't know if anyone else has somebody in their family who likes to self-diagnose, <laughs> you know, like, hey, I saw on Google that if I twitch my finger, I might have cancer of the butt. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> But, you know, hey, if Google said it, <laughs> Google. <laughs> but, but you know, my brother, he's like, he's had probably 12 different mental, not, not like determined by a doctor or anything, but at least 12. <laughs> and, you know, and like he finally went to see someone who was like, hey, man, Adderall will help you focus. <laughs> and I was like, no shit, dude. <laughs> and like, you're kind of behind here on the curve. <laughs> like, I've been taking Adderall for years and I'm fully focused. <laughs> But anyway, um, yeah, you know, and his, his girlfriend thinks she's a Google doctor as well, and she told him recently, which, you know, was no surprise to me, that she thought he was on the spectrum. <laughs> no surprise here. <laughs> but I didn't say it out loud at the time. <laughs> at least I'm getting that guy. Ah, I know when some jokes hit and when they don't, because you guys are just laughing out of convenience, because we're going to the same home. Anyway, but, <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't know, I'm running out of jokes, uh, this is turning into just a book. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it, thank you. Oh, hey everybody, that was Lee Stewart. You did six minutes and 15 seconds. Yay! Yay! Is that how long is that how long it takes you to come? Is that how I'm, is that how long it's? That's a long that's a long time though. Seven minutes? I have to have sex for seven minutes? Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm gonna come around and do a set. Yay, clap for me, I'm Pam. Eat my meat. It's one of those things. This is like the second trans moment I've ever had because I just said eat my meat. But the first, I didn't know I was going to talk about this, but the first trans moment I ever had, um, I was a mediocre girl ballerina. And I was 11 years old and I was mediocre. 
And I saw, and we do these shows. And they'd have these like 25 year old creepy guys like come in and lift the girls. And I was like, I could do that. I could dress like a boy. So the girls, we all had to wear these little black leotards, the little pink tights, and all things. But the boys got to wear black pants and little white t-shirts. And I didn't have any boobies. I could have looked like a boy. I was kind of husky too. I was husky and empowered. But I went to my ballet teacher at 11 and I was like, can I be a boy? And she said, no, <laughs> no, get in the back of the class, you fat little weirdo. And she smacked me on the ass. She's like, I see your fat ass. Show me the dimples. Squeeze it so I can see the dimples. That's what she'd do. She was awful. This, her name was Mo. I hope she's dead. Uh, I'm sorry. I was 11. She told me. She was like, you'll never be anything. And I was like, you suck. Um, but I can still... I. I'm gonna use I'm gonna use a little help only because I usually don't need the balance. I can usually do it without, but I don't want to hurt myself. But like, okay, I'm 46 and I can do that. Like, it's not even a thing. Like, I can just I just pick up my leg and I'll do the splits, whatever, whatever. I can do handstands, cartwheels. It's fine. These millennials, they don't try to do anything. A 21 year old tried to pick me up on the street the other day by saying, "I like the way you look." That's all they have to do these days. All you have to, I like the way you look. Well, you're gonna kick flip your way into my heart, baby. What are you gonna do now? Holds my hand. I wanna make out with you. Like, how good looking is your dad? <laughs> like, is he? How do you feel about your mom? You know, like, do you hate her? Because I could, if, if they're still together, I could be the perfect puzzle piece to really <laughs> fuck up. Your family. Let me want to party with your new stepmom. Oh, huh. he's like, yeah, I want to party with you. And I'm like, no, I don't watch porn. All right, that's crazy things. I, I like. I mean, I have a fetish for who doesn't have a fetish for twenty-six-year-old men? Jesus Christ. But so I really like. <laughs> I like twenty-six-year-old men, and it's weird. It's like this monkey's paw thing, like where, like, or a genie. I rub the genie, and I'm like, you know what I want to do? I want to hang out with 26-year-old men like every day of the week. This will be amazing. And then I do comedy, and they're here all around me all the time, and none of them want to have sex with me. And I'm like, why? And they say, you just cooked us dinner. You give off a serious mom vibe. <laughs> I'm like, what about a stepmom vibe? Because <laughs> I see what you're watching on your phones, the back of the bus. No one even, the loud, right? There was a guy today on the bus on my way here who was on like a Zoom sex offenders Zoom. It was so weird. This lady's like, so what are good qualities about sex? I'm listening to this behind me. And then they start going, he's on the bus and they're talking. I was like, oh, Oof. sorry, I don't watch. I don't. I don't even zoom. I don't. I don't even have internet on my phone. I have to poach it, so I can't watch anything. Anyways, yeah, how many internet dating sites have you been on? What are they? Are, are you really? You're like me. You're like me. Oh my god. Oh my god. We are sisters in the. This is crazy. This is what I. I, I rest my entire integrity on this fact that I've never been on a dating site. But that's a perfect way because you're like you have a you have a personality. How did you do that? Oh my god. Everybody does. 
Yay! Oh my God, three women in a room. This is an anomaly. This is insane. This is, there should be like data testers, right? I'm having a hot flash right now that made me so excited. No, but I've never internet dated either. I've never, I've never needed a profile. And, and they say, I've never sexed either. I don't even understand that. I don't even understand phone sex. I, I mean, let's go way back. Using technology for sex, weird unless like it vibrates. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Well, you wanna, let's talk it out. Like I can read a book with a fucking vibrator, you weirdo. Um, but this is crazy. I can't believe we are. So that's the crazy thing. People are like, they keep telling me, well, you should get on internet dating. I'm like, so I could be disappointed in 5K? Like, what's going to happen now? It's not going to get any better, folks. But some people say that on these internet, well, you got to raise the bar. And some people say, oh, you got to lower the bar. And I'm like, you cowards, meet at the bar. What's wrong with you? Can you not have a conversation with a person? Like, you know if you're like, but I, I just, ah! It makes me crazy because I just see, it's like, and all of the everythings, it's just, it's just, I don't want to get too serious, but it's like the championing of mediocrity or of the ability to take like a good selfie from a nice angle. Like, is that what gets free dinners for women? I'm sorry, I'm putting feminism back 20 years. I have never, never been on, I wish men would buy me. The only way I know I look cute at a party is if a guy gives me free ketamine. I'm like, oh, did you just, oh my God, do I still have it? Did you just offer me free ketamine? Come on. Or I'll be at a party and they'll be like, Oh, would you, would you like a bump of cocaine? I don't like cocaine. It's crazy. But I'll be like, I do, I do like ketamine. And they're like, oh, oh, I gave some of that. I love it. And I'm like, what is this party I'm at? <laughs> During COVID, crazy people. I did, I never stopped. I'm a terrible person. I did test weekly, though. I'm sorry for all the people that really, really shut down. I was like, eh. I got a death wish anyways. Our first, our first comedian kept talking about how he wanted to kill himself. I'm like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, but it was, I mean, live, live every day like it's your last. Everybody have a good time. I was, um, this is weird. Guys keep talking about this weird thing. They're like, I'm microdosing food. I'm intermittent fasting. Have you heard about the intermittent fasting? Yeah, it's, it's mansplaining anorexia. Like, I've been doing this for 30 years, and now, oh, are we intermittent fasting? Oh, but I only, I'm awake 16 hours, and I only eat four of the hours, and I only eat 1,200 calories. I'm counting my calories, and I can only eat them at these times. Oh, are you, how you have an eating disorder, but you call it just mansplaining? It's, of course it is, intermittent fasting. It's fine. This is the other thing that makes me crazy. I'm going through menopause right now, and it's awful because men are not pausing on me anymore. But also, it makes me crazy because I'm sweating all, in the middle of the night, I wake up 15 times a night because I'm slick with sweat, I'm wet in all the wrong places. I'm so wet at night, I can rub my body and flick it at my cats instead of a spray bottle, because I'm like, get off me, I can't, your fur is sticking to me, I'm wet. So I went to my doctor and I was like, what can I do? And she said, have you tried sleeping on a towel? It's called menopause. If men went through menopause, there would be so much technology. There would be self-cooling pillows. There would be fans that would detect your temperature during your sleep that would come up, but they'd be silent fans so they don't wake you up. There would be sheets that like wicked away the sweat. Like some amazing, like Uniqlo would have like these sheets, these special sheets, and they wick 
away the sweat and if something happens it turns into you have a plant or something and it gets the water from your body i don't even pee in the morning anymore okay because there's so i'm sweating menopause it's fine they call it they don't help and then they go you're hysterical you're crazy yeah because i'm losing my fucking mind because of 117 degrees 15 times during the day for no reason I have no sleep. And then they're like, well, you know what helps with menopause? If you don't drink. And I'm like, that's the only thing that does help. That's the only thing that makes me not care that I smell like a 14-year-old boy. I smell. The only good thing is I can wear really cute panties again. Well, I mean, it's the first time. When you're 20 and you buy these, who buys a $30 pair of panties? I never understood this. I'm just going to ruin the panties. Now nothing's coming out of here. I can wear the cutest panties. <laughs> like nothing's getting destroyed. No more period stains. Guys are like, ooh, gross. They call it menopause. Ooh, gross. You put your name on it. <laughs> you can never do it and you think it's gross. Menopause. Language is not, oh, but language isn't political. Oh, no, language isn't political at all. That's crazy, right? <laughs> when women have sex for the first time, what do they break? Hymen. Hymen, hi. I can have sex with all of you now. Hymen. Everything about us is about you. Even though we make you. I, it's so crazy. So I think that Marx was actually the first feminist. And a lot of people won't back me up on this, but I can convince you here. He, he was an accidental feminist because he really valued the means of production. And he totally valued labor. And when women go through labor, they're literally the means of production. I'm sorry, am I too smart for the world we're living in right now? Because I smoke so much pot, it's the only way. And if people like, oh, but smoking pot makes you dumb. If I didn't smoke pot, I'd be interminably smart. I'd be so smart, people would not ever want to be around me. They'd be like, put that bitch in a Put me in a think tank. Put me alone in a think tank and I'll solve the world. It's really just one lady in a tank. No, it's not. That would be terrible. They do. They want to drown me like a witch. They're, She's a witch. She can read. Ah! <laughs> sorry, that was loud. I do identify as a witch. My pronouns are us and we. People often, people often say, oh, but you're a Satanist, right? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm a witch. Don't get it twisted. If I was a Satanist, I'd be much more successful. Because that's because <laughs> Satanists are always successful. And they can fuck sharks. or They can make women fuck sharks. I don't know. Does anybody remember that story? Do you remember the Led Zeppelin story about how they were, they fished? This is the worst story about men being terrible to women just because they can because they have money and power or whatever. So it was like Led Zeppelin and they were at this thing and it was overlooking the ocean and they like caught a shark and then they got a girl to like fuck the shark I know it's so awful I know I hate that I hate those kind of stories and they're like these famous stories but it's like because I guess groupies well it's just like uh, men just want to have they just don't they negate our power all the time look at the violence inherent in the system uh it's it's so terrible too because the, now we get negated because they're like well you're a woman you're you're they're like, Black Lives Matter. I'm like, we've been enslaved since the beginning of time. I know, black women have it way worse than I do. <laughs> but like, still. Cool. I started, I started by offending probably trans people, and I'm going to end by offending probably black women, because they're like, shut up, what bitch? <laughs> like, it's fine.
I'll tell I'll tell you one more just to just to cleanse the palate before we end. I'll tell you the one story I know that I have white privilege. This is my white privilege story. I think it's important as a white woman or as a white person. We're all white in this room right now. Look at us. It's important to recognize native. No, no, so you're fine. You've got well, you've got your own subjugation. No, 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 no. I mean, well, you you look you look white. You got you just got the card. So this is how I knew that I had white privilege. This was. Um, Probably six years ago, I'm on Mission Street. I was drunk. It was like 1.45 in the morning. I had dumb girly shoes on, like, blah, 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 and my fever hooded, and I was like, ah, and I had one of those shirts that's like super backless, and I wasn't wearing a bra, and I was just like, I think I even had the sticky boobs on to like pretend that I'm doing, you know what I'm talking about, you're talking about that, you know exactly the outfit. It's warm out, I'm fine. So, but the shoes are hurting me. So I've got my shoes in my hand, and I'm shaking them on Mission and 14th Street. I'm shaking, I'm like, cab, I need a cab. I'm like screaming in the street. And a police officer drives up and they're like, hello, madam, can we help you? And I was like, I need a cab. And they were like, where do you live? And I said, I live in the Tenderloin. And they were like, oh, would you like to get in the back? We'll give you a ride home. And they drove me home. If I was any other color, they would have put me in the drunk tank. I would have gotten arrested. They would have had cuffs behind the back. I'd be sitting on the fucking curb, anything. But because I'm a white lady, So that's what I did. So I have to recognize my white privilege. So I hope that all of us tonight recognize our white privilege. Thank you all for being here. There's more food. Eat more stuff. We're hanging out. Um, Mike Bonds will probably come by, but we're probably, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. We're just chilling. But thanks. Ooh, I did 13 minutes. Yay. Um, yay, 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 yay. Yay! Thank you for being here at this impromptu open mic, and um, super cool. So I'll put us some music, and we'll all hang out. And all right. <laughs> Through my veins They try and drag me back to work again Pain and blisters on my mind and hands I work all day making up a, a burlap bag The oats are beating me, are driving me
Better come on up and uh, uh, get down with me. I make it feel real good. Just a way to see.
This is me mistreated. Satisfied with the way you feel. 